a bassinet set up in the foyer. If you do not know what a bassinet is, you walk into the foyer, you will find it, and then you will know. It is for Katie Poole's baby. Um, they're going to be for you to put gifts in. Yes, we're excited about that. And she is registered on Amazon. So if you don't know what to get her, make sure you get on her registry at Amazon. And uh, also we're going to be moving our Youth Sunday from tonight. is going to be next Sunday night when we all come back from camp. So it will be a great time. We'll get to testify about camp. You'll get fired up youth group from camp. That's going to be a fun, fun time. So again, Youth Sunday will be next Sunday night, not tonight. And also, leading into it, we have North Texas Youth Camp coming up tomorrow. Youth will be leaving, being gone for a week. It's going to be a blast. We are leaving the church at 7.30, meaning get here at 7 to load up your suitcases. Leaving at 7.30. A.M. Caden. And we also have our Oasis meeting is going to be on the 18th, and the sign-up sheet is in the foyer. And Father's Day is also going to be next week, the 19th. And Ladies United Fellowship will be on the 20th, and the sign-up sheet is also in the foyer for that. And our mission pledge is due uh, the 26th of this month. And also we have our Mother's Memorial offering is going to be due July the 1st. And that is it for our announcements. If we could all stand up. Turn to your neighbor, give them a high five, a handshake, let them know we're here to have some church this morning, amen. We have sang this song every night this past week, so we might have some new motion song, new motions to it, so just join in. If you see us breaking chains up here, doing circles, just join in, all right? How many know there's nothing impossible for God? Thank you, child of God. Oh, yes. There is no shadow that can ever overcome your light. There is no rival that can ever stand against your might. You've always been with us. Every battle you've already won, you've already
good in the house this morning. At this time, we're going to take prayer requests. And I believe that God will move in these needs. And we have Benny Brown, Norman Gilbert, Dan Howell, Walt and Andrea Irwin, Roy and Janice Bowden, Mildred and George Pratt, Stephanie Ingram, Sherry Tate, Mitchell and Tracy Scott, Garrett and Amy Landers, Laura Jordan, Dawson Huey, Curtis Morris, Linda Adams, Carol Hosh, Sister Lois Weems, Sister Billy Bolton, Tom Harris, Brother and Sister Dickey, Brother and Sister John Proctor, Brother and Sister Alton Bristow, Brother Bob Bolton, Billy and Jeremy Trinado, and uh, Carla Clark is really needing prayer. I recently started back uh, working out again, and I guess when you get out of it and your mindset kind of begin to change, I started trying to push a weight that I knew that I could I could do it before. I, I know I got underneath the bar. I knew I could push this weight before, and I started to, and I couldn't do it. It wasn't falling on me, but I wasn't moving it. And I was like, well, this is weird. I know I can do this, but I can't. I'm not being able to move it. And then I realized that my mindset had changed, and I wasn't pushing through the weight anymore, but I was pushing on the weight. And so pushing on the weight, I was doing just enough to equal it out, but I wasn't able to move it. But when I realized that if I pushed, like I was trying to throw my hands through the ceiling, the weight went with it. And I realized a lot of times we get to pushing on our problems and on our situations and our battles just enough to keep it from falling down on us and crashing, but it's not going anywhere. But when we realize we don't have to just push on the weight, but we press towards the mark for the prize of the high call, and we press toward God, the weight's going to move too. So when we stop pushing on our situation, but start pushing towards God, the one who takes care of our situation, then it begins to move and change. And so today, we have the opportunity to push through what we are fighting against this morning. So if you have a need, a sickness, financial, anything, I want you to come up to the front. A minister's gonna anoint you with oil and we're gonna push through our situations this morning. Father, I thank you for your power. I thank you for the spirit we have already felt in this place and I know that you are a healer. And I pray that you move on every single need this morning, that you touch every life, God, that you touch every mind, spirit, and body. And we move closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
praise to the Lord right now. think for a minute that means to get comfortable get down there and get your little pocketbook or wallet or whatever you got to do for the tithe and offering and then get right back up we have a great church don't we we have a phenomenal church and that that is made up by each and every one of you wonderful pastor worship leader awesome awesome church and honestly I don't think that it comes to my mind or at least to the forefront of my mind enough what a spectacular church that I'm able to get to serve in and spectacular church that I'm just able to go to to home away from home and it pushes me every Sunday every Wednesday that I come here and I see fellow believers but not just believers like the quote unquote the world has but believers of Christ Believers of the true definition of dying out daily, trying to continue to grow. I come here and I just see a bunch of iron. And hopefully y'all see a little bit of iron in me and hopefully I'm, I'm sharpening y'all a little bit because I'm sharpened every Sunday and Wednesday by each and every one of you. And so I just wanted to give a, a little praise to the church and to our pastor because we, we just have such a wonderful church. God, thank you so much. For your spirit that's already been ushered in here today, Jesus. I pray that your will would be continually done in this place, God, and in each of our lives, respectively. God, I pray that you would bless this offering. You would bless the givers. You would bless them financially, spiritually, emotionally, physically. Jesus, and above all, like I already said, your will be done in our lives as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, bless this offering.
be seated. Great to see every one of you, and what a record-breaking week spiritually it's been around the house of God, and uh, the glory of the Lord has been so sufficient as to arrest foreign spirits and integrate God's spirits, and those are categorically the plan of the cross and the resurrection. It is indeed honorable that you are in this house today, hoping to hear from heaven, and I hope to God that somehow I can convey to you his heart through his word. It is a thrill. It is an honor. But it is an obligation that is very weighty to think that since he couldn't be here today, he sent me. That is a very high-level responsibility. Your future depends on how you eat, both physically and spiritually. It is without question you can be in the presence of food and never grow. You can be in the presence of God and never grow. If you're not growing in grace and in knowledge, change is not taking place like it should. You should be either getting muscle from the meat you eat, or you should be getting power to quicker and more capably reduce the fraternity of demons that are joined together to destroy your city. The plan is not just you. The plan is to use you to say things that are filled with doubt, with fear, with frustration, with anxiety and worry. That's what the enemy wants. What God wants is for you to be able to speak faith, to speak confidence, to be, to be able to live a life that is a testimony to those people that are looking for something and they're trying to find it in drugs and alcohol and lying and cheating and promiscuous sex, etc. Ladies and gentlemen, they're pushing that by TV, by all kind of means on the, uh, even your, my phone. I, I'm not involved in a lot of stuff. And every now and then something dumb and weird comes up and I'm like, wow. And it's amazing how they are, planting thoughts in our mind that everybody's going to hell. I'm here to tell you everybody's not going to hell. Everybody's not going down. And I appreciate the people that have made a mind up. I don't care if you don't grow but a centimeter. Grow. You may not be able to show it to anybody for a month that you've gained a pound. Now, some of us, it's pretty easy when we, well, let's get on with it. It is indeed a joy. Did we get that? We got it. Uh, I'll tell you, the joy of being able to represent Jesus Christ is, is phenomenal. Uh, I obviously, uh, you'll see, I, I probably brought too much uh, to 
be able to expound like I'd like to, but uh, today I would like to be able to help every one of us come to a place where we at least look forward. You may not move forward today. Uh, typically, uh, I, I guess a, there's a nurse or somebody in here that knows. How long does it take an egg to get down to your toes? Till it actually functions as energy in your legs or your muscles or your... Hello? I don't know, but... Uh, I see some of you, it seems like at the minute that preaching takes place, you, you've already got it integrated in your heart. And that is a thrill to any pastor to see the heart cleansed from all fears and doubts, inhibitions and anxieties. So let's, uh, let's, let's start off here today and see where we wind up. Where do you want to go? What's your destination? Being Jesus. Let me fill in the blank for you. Because being Pentecostal, as we know it, man, there is all kind of brands on that. So Pentecostalism, being a Baptist, being a Catholic, man, there's, there's so many people that are Baptist now talking in tongues. It, 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 you get to thinking they're done turned Pentecostal. There's so many people out there that go to different churches, they still lie, cheat, and steal. The whole idea is you're a living letter to the world. Your conversation, the way you dress, and the way you think. The Bible said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So you want to make sure that your brain gets in your heart and that your heart is clean so when the brain functions and exhibits thoughts, and exhibits co communication skills that there is something of victory in the mix. So that, that, that is critical stop. So the beginning is bad. How many of you had to teach your kids to lie? How many of you have kids? How many of your kids ever lied to you? The kids are watching. Nobody has to teach their kids how to lie. Did you do that? No. I saw you. He's watching every step you make. If you think your phone and you think that this world is really in touch with you, when you've been to uh, some restaurant and you cashed out on your credit card and, and then three days later... Uh, a pizza that, that you, you, you went and bought, and it comes up that pizza place is wanting you to come back, somebody's watching. It's amazing how the world has taken the brain. The Bible said they are ever learning but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. In other words, they are creating, <clears throat> motivating exciting things that tantalize get you a cell phone what is the number out now 12 or 14 18 I don't know I still got a 6 <laughs> it's hit I use it what a 10 
you was talking about which one do I have? 11, 10? Oh, okay. I don't even know. But I know I, I got a 10 at some point. I've got some that are really low class that I don't use. What I'm trying to say is there's no sense in trying to live for God from 20 years ago. He is upgrading life every day that preaching occurs. The upgrades are available. But I'm seeing people satisfied with one of those old kind that, that I used to go to my aunt's house, and she'd wind it up, and, and they had a party line. Did y'all ever, anybody here ever get in on a party line? Boy, you talking about exciting. That party line thing is really fun. It's sort of like gossip now on uh, cell phones. Let me see what they said. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Romans all over again. It's high time for us to awaken to the possibility of the church, of the born again redeemed of the Lord. It's high time for us to get on the courage that overcomes every enemy force and lying spirit. It's high time for us to get into the seatbelt of confidence. This is the confidence we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, we know that he heareth us. And if we know that he heareth us, we're going to have what, he des- what we desire of him. Whatever your desires are, that's what you're going to buy into le- next. So when you see what you're buying into, you know what your heart's hungry for. <clears throat> so the beginning is bad. Don't have to lie, teach anybody how to lie, cheat, and steal. You don't have to teach anybody how to hate and wish that they could just cram their fists down your throat. You ever met them? I see a lot of you just mute. Start to finish, it's a short time for an eternal person. We're going to reap what we sow. The field is your mind. And you're going to reap what you sow. The, the heart is the spiritual pla- plateau on which the desires of life show up. And so when you have a desire, and uh, Proverbs 18 and 1 says... Through desire, a man separateth himself and intermeddleth unto all wisdom. Now, the wisdom that some people have are low profile. That's the the only level of wisdom. They think that by doing this and being that and dressing this way, they can become the platform news. Ladies and gentlemen, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. We are only responsible for the peace of God in our life. We can't make people have peace that don't love peace. He is the Prince of Peace, and if you don't love him, you're not going to receive him. And if he looks too ugly, you're not going to want to partner with him. Holy is something glorious. 
victorious power comes from being clean in the mind and the heart and the lifestyle. And that is a living letter to people who are sitting in the world wishing they could find help. But when they see people that are doing some things that sound and look religious and they are not at peace with themselves, they realize real quick they don't have everything they say they have. It's not enough to take one bath a year and call yourself clean every day. If you're going to be clean in your mind, the washing of the water by the word is the critical issue. Though you've got to wash out the filth of the world in your mind because, and you know what I've said about that. I used to really feel embarrassed because people called us all people, a bunch of Pentecostals brainwashed, and that felt it made me feel inferior to start with. But all of a sudden, when I realized the beauty of having your brain washed of doubt and fear and hate and jealousy and envy and strife, then I began to relate to the fact we really have been washed by the washing of the water by the word. And now I enjoy telling people, yes, my brain's been washed. But what are you washing your brain with? Jealousy, envy, strife. Let's move forward. Just pays to sow righteousness. If you want to be right, you sow truth. If you want to be right, you get a Holy Spirit. If you want to live right, you get a holy God to serve. If you really want to live in superiority, you divorce yourself from the things that would hold you back and restrict you and then you marry into that you become one with that which is able to lift you to the highest level of life known to man that's Jesus Christ that's why I tell you the Pentecostal church of Paris Texas we're sort of like Walmart and Home Depot we got all the truth that you need to become everything you want to be Thank all four of you. I thought, sure, that there was somebody in here that was enjoying the results of the here and forever. Now, now is the acceptable time. The paths are obvious. I am here to help you make a good choice, to make a good decision, to choose what you're really going to master is a vocation spiritually and forever it is what what you are today is what if you were to die that's what you're going to be it will be measured to a greater degree for sure but if you're looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of the faith you're going east if you're looking at the world and trying to live both worlds you're going west they are opposing forces they will not, there won't be a Siamese twin in that. It is a matter of life and death. So I am here as a pastor preaching and trying to teach us and to bring us to a living knowledge. People have been trying desperately to find righteousness, peace, and joy. And they're looking in all the wrong places. You won't find that in drugs. You won't find that in lying. You can't lie your way into glory. You can't lie your way into victory. You can't. For a few minutes, you might 
trick everybody, but they're going to find out the truth about you as to who and what you really are. At some point, it's going to show up. That's why we want the washing of the water by the Word. We want teaching of the Word. We want living the Word. We want to walk in the Word. We want to talk in the Word. And that way, the seed of the Word begins to produce the fruit and those nine fruit of the Spirit listed in Galatians are delicious not only to you but to your family. They bring about the power of a sustaining force. So it is not in man to direct his own steps. Start to finish is a short time for an eternity enough you're going to be dead a whole lot longer than you live and your choices are extremely important because once you get into a routine how many of you know that you can walk in the dark to the kitchen and the refrigerator I see some of you have been practicing it real regularly going to reap what you sow impossible to sow wheat and come up with green beans and it's impossible to sow into your mind carnal concepts of living and come up with the spirit of God giving your heart peace that passes understanding it is an amazing thing It just pays to sow what you really want. You cannot sow green beans and expect corn. And you cannot sow to unrighteous concepts and believe in unrighteous concepts and believe in part of something and expect the whole thing to show up. It is impossible. It is not against, it is against the very law of everything. It's easier to enjoy results here and forever than it is to wish that maybe someday it'll all come to peace. Peace and righteousness and joy are included in God's first level plan. We divorce ourselves from a love for the world. We marry a love for the truths of God. And just to get it real clear again, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. So God is manifest in the flesh, and now He wants to manifest Himself in us. So the paths are obvious, and I'm here to help make you make a good choice every day you get up. Prayer is not some holy roll of the dice where hope things work out today. No. Sow unto yourselves righteousness, and I can tell you they will work out right. It doesn't make any difference the rain. The joy is still there. It doesn't make any difference the hate. The joy is still there. It doesn't make any difference the lies that people tell on you. The joy is still there. 
I'm telling you, God is an ever-present help in the time of distress. God is an ever-present help in the time of need. God is an ever-present help in the time of all kind of ungodly stuff going on. I'm telling you, he is sustained in his own power. It is an amazing thing what's happening. Bible tells us that everybody is born in sin and shapen in iniquity. And an evil heart has a contriving capability. Again, we don't have to teach anybody how to lie, cheat, and steal. You have to teach them how to tell the truth and love their neighbor and love the Lord with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Those are categorically a foundational issues. And so the heart has to be cleansed. Paul said, the life I now live, I no longer live after the flesh. He's the one that wrote most of the New Testament. Now, he was killing Christians. So there's not anybody here any worse than Paul. Have any of any here murderers here? Ushers, get ready. No, I'm telling you that the Word of God is forever settled in heaven. And it's impossible for God to lie. And he proved that by letting the predators take his flesh to a grave. That's, that's almost unthinkable. But we know that every year the whole world celebrates Christmas. He was born. The whole world celebrates Easter. He resurrected. It's amazing how those things have been able to be sustained in the very presence of deception and all other things. Now, the, Jeremiah 17 and 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked and who can know it? First Corinthians goes the other direction. And Paul, who was killing Christians, comes to the place where he said, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Didn't say he didn't make any noise. I'm seeing so-called people that call themselves Christians, but if they didn't tell you, you wouldn't know it. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, he said, I am the light of the world. But when you're born again and you begin to walk in light, you are going to become the light of your neighbor. And they're going to look across the fence and say, my goodness, where in the world did they come up with all that? The well. Jesus said, I am the well. And if you, he that drinketh of me shall never thirst again. There is a well in the middle of where you are. There's not a drought going on of Holy Ghost and fire. 
there's not a drought going on of less ability than than it was years ago. I'm here to tell you there's great capability that when you walk out of here, you're going to be stepping Let me tell you something. Before you learn a little bit, don't get too, too proud. You get in a little fight with some of those little demons that know how to mismanage truth. That's why he says, grow in grace and in knowledge. Those are critical things. You're going to hear me keep saying it because those are sacred helps. How many of you eat butter every week? And maybe you eat salt and pepper every week. Well, please don't get on to me for saying the same stuff. That's what I'm doing in almost every service. I'm trying to repeat some of this stuff so it puts a fresh savor in the whole mix. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to think what you want to think, but I'm going to put salt and pepper out here. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries, and, and, and you're living in a world, man, if somebody can prophesy a little something, watch their life. He said, though I have the gift of all of these things and have not charity, I am unprofitable. Ladies and gentlemen, it's high time for us to be on the alert. The whistle's going off. Time is running. While you're sleeping, the clock's still moving. Eternity is still close. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Does anybody believe we need to know the definition of love? Charity is love. Love is charity. He says, though I do all of these things and have not charity, I may look like a charitable person. I may do things because the law of giving always works. It's a law God put in place. Given it shall be given. Pressed down, running over, full of good measure. If you give to your neighbor, I don't care what a liar, cheater, or whatever they are, if you give to your neighbor, they're going to want to give back to you something. That's right. It just, the law of giving works. But give as unto the Lord is giving spiritual helps at help a troubled world. And that becomes a spiritual experience and those people that you give to they may do nothing with it but the angels watch you and they are going to give you wealth of new knowledge new understanding new glory new victory it's amazing how that stuff works so charity suffereth long and is kind Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It's not puffed up. Charity don't have to be its own cheerleader. Charity just leaves you with the confidence, I am in Christ, a new creation. This is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, we know that he heareth us. 
And so it's huge. And love is the main thing that cannot be stopped. Well, you didn't really love them to start with. Our emotional system likes the word love to mean, if you do me good, I'll love you. If you do everything I want you to do, I love you. If you please me, I love you. Love is a spirit. That is a well of living water. It's a spiritual thing. And so loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength is a reciprocal experience where that you and him have tremendous relation. Then you love your neighbor as yourself, and that gives them a opportunity to drink from a brand-new source of spiritual wealth. And God credits you as you give, give and it shall be given, pressed down, running over, full of good measure is the way the multiplication table works. If you love people that don't love you, then, well, you are still going to get the same benefit from the big well. And that's more of the joy, peace, and righteousness. It's huge, ladies and gentlemen. This is not like going to an auction sale and I like that and I, I might buy that. And I, No, no, no. You either love God or you don't. You decide, I'm going to follow him or I am not. He said, you cannot have two masters. You will serve the one and deny the other, or you will love the other and deny the mother. It's impossible to serve two worlds. And so today, Paul, the life I now live, I no longer live after the flesh. Let's look here. The heart is deceitful in Jeremiah 17 and 9, and is deceitful above all things. And somebody say, desperately wicked. That's where a man can lie to his wife and still have some woman down the street. I just have this little sex partner down the way here. Let it be not named among you. You say, Pastor, you preaching hard. I'm preaching you out of hell. I'm preaching you out of discourage. I'm preaching you out of despondency. I'm preaching you into something that is greater than you ever dreamed could be for your own self. I'm preaching you into heavenly places. I'm preaching you into angelic hosts. I'm preaching you into revival. I'm preaching you into glory. I'm preaching you out of to get you into something that will put a dance back in your feet and put enlargement on your coast and give you a gigantic thrill of living none of that junk oh my God. 
And there's 10 people on your job waiting for you to get there with joy and peace and righteousness. Uh, there's 10 neighbors somewhere watching your car go down the street and saying, man, I wish I could get whatever he's got. I wish I could get whatever she's got. She is confident. She is sure. She is sure-footed. Uh, she knows what she's doing. She knows what she's living for. He knows what he's living for. They got one of the greatest relationships I've ever seen. Uh, that's what the church church is all about it's rising into superiority in fact against the inferior I wish somebody'd say it for me those first three words 13 and 8 brother Sterling would you stand up and say it you did you memorize it don't look again Say it good and loud. That's what I'm talking about now. All the way from his nose to his toes, he's feeling it. Charity never faileth. Well, see, when we're wanting everybody else to do it, charity does fail. But when you do charity in a God sense, it never fails to satisfy your life. Unless you're trying to dominate your neighbor. You know what you're doing? You're putting shadows in your own heart. Cheapening your own relationship with light. No. Forgive before you're asked. Go get the cup and either give it back to them. If they like it in the yard, just lay it over in their yard. <laughs> I wish I'd have had a camera right then. Ladies and gentlemen, we now know in part, and we prophesy in part. But watch this. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. So some days it's a natural, it's a give to have joy, peace, and righteousness when the sun comes up, when everything's working out pretty good and all of that stuff's going like you really want it to. Joy, peace, and righteousness is a little fairly easy deal. But uh, in part, some days you get up, it just don't come naturally. You got to get to those knees and say, oh, God, this is the day that you made. And I'm, I'm like, uh, there, there's a lot of dark clouds. I've gotten a lot of dark messages. I've gotten a lot of things happening in my job situation. And, oh, it's a little harder. But that's when you lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. And you say, this is the day you made, God. And you made me for this day. And you made this day for me. And I'm going to rejoice and be exceeding glad in it, regardless of what's going on around me. That's Paul singing and going on in the jail. Man, I mean, he converted one of the jailers. So that 
when I was a child, I spake as a child. We understand that. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Children go by how much you give them, not how many assignments, just how much money. My mother had a fabulous way. She'd put her arm around me real gently. Say, son, I can't be a mother to the rest of them, but I can be a mother to you. Why not? Now, we see through a glass darkly. But just the other side of the grave, then, all the records that are not been put under the blood, all the records will be revealed. And the angels are writing down everything every day. I'm telling you, your cell phones are telling you when, when you get a little note from some dealer wanting to sell you something, they found out about what you like somewhere along the way. Somebody's revealing it. I'm here to tell you that the devil is very conscious and the Bible tells us that he is a smart devil. All you got to do is remember, he started out in the heavenlies. He learned the way of the heavenlies. So all he has to do is twist truth a little. And all of you parents know that when your children twist the truth, you understand. They're basically just telling you a lie. The devil is a liar and the father of them all. That's printed in the forever book. It's not like he's a part-time devil. It's not like he's a part-time liar. When he opposes the truth and tells you that that's not important, uh, that's in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is types and shadows. And that's where I'm trying to show you today in the book, uh, the Bible, and show you that these truths are phenomenally accurate. Now we see through a glass darkly, but then we are going to know as we are also known. And then here's what I mentioned to you a while ago. Now, somebody say now faith, hope, and charity, and these are alive in your world. You were born in sin, shaping in iniquity. That was the first part of our lesson. You got here with a basic carnal 
concept of life. I, if I had that, that would satisfy me. If I had that, that would satisfy me. If I had that, that would satisfy me. Then you bought it. Then you bought three of them. Then you bought ten of them. And the first thing you know, you got a whole closet full of them. And they still hadn't satisfied your soul or your marriage or your child-parent relationship. I'm here to tell you the things of this world cannot satisfy the needs of this world. That the needs of this world come straight out of truth. The needs of this world come straight out of the, the holiness of God, the righteousness of God, the peace of God, and the more we get into that, the more we're going to have of that, and the more our world is going to be strong enough that Goliath can't destroy our homes, and can't destroy our cities, and can't destroy our minds. I wish somebody would praise him for the everlasting covenant that we have with him. The greatest life is revealed by Esther. If you've ever read the book of Esther, it is one of the greatest books trying to reveal to us about the glory of this kingdom life. Now, let's look real quickly. There were two banquets that were held by this situation. First of all, the king decided, I'm trying to cut this thing down because uh, this really is a whole message, but I want to work it in because you see the exemplary love factor and the power structure in the Old Testament in the book of Esther. The king has been uh, trying to rally the, his kingdom and get everything going and doing it all right but he's got all kind of trouble. And, uh, and, and, and the queen. And, man, they're having these kind of parties. And, you, and when you start reading the first part of it, you start seeing all these parties and all these grand times. And, man, you think, sure, man, this is like heaven. I don't need no preacher. I don't need nothing. Man, I got money. I got houses. I got land. I got parties. I got, man, I, got, I can go to the mountains. I can do this. And that's sort of what you see in the first part of Esther. That book is a very challenging and powerful book because it's dealing with kingdom life. So the king is having all this stuff going on, and Vashti is queen she's got her own thing going symbolic of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of flesh when you study the book of Esther and you start seeing kingdom life you're going to see this very clearly I'm trying to do it in abbreviated form because I know most of you have lunch about one o'clock or so I see some of you got the sew on your mind Vashti won't come to the party. She won't come to the ballroom, so to speak. And so the king says, hey, look, what's that? You sit in the book of Revelation. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I don't know you. That's huge. He put it in a very simple form. In physical life. He says, I'll show you what was going on. And so Vashti wouldn't come. 
So he emancipates her, and she can't no longer be queen. So, all of a sudden, then you got all this stuff going on, and Mordecai, which is the uncle of Esther, decides that he is going to try to help the situation, and he is a servant. He's similar to a preacher. He starts putting things together. And the first thing you know, Esther winds up coming into the king's courtroom. Now, watch this. This is, to me, one of the greatest moments in that whole book. Because Esther now is putting her life on the line. Because whosoever comes before the king without being invited is going to be put to death. Or if when they come in, he doesn't hold the scepter out and present freedom. Well, here she comes. She's coming in just her normal attire. She don't try to make it all look flamboyant. She walks in, and she walks into the courtroom, and lo and behold... The king holds out his scepter. Somebody say mercy. That's why I love that song. Mercy there was there, great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. Well, I'm chilling out just thinking about it. I'm thinking about this little girl lady walking in the courtroom and she knows that either I die or I get my privilege granted. That's what prayer meetings are all about. That when you come before the prayer, you don't use just a bunch of vain repetition. You come and open your heart. God, I've been doing bad. God, I haven't been everything I should have been. God, I need your help. Would you give the pastor a voice for me? Would you give an angel and a ministry for me? Would you help me to be able to forgive everybody in my life? That's when you ask God, God, I come humbly before your throne. I don't come with arrogance that I deserve everything. I come in humility. I bend my knee. I raise my voice and I say you are the only wise God you are only the only one that can hold out the scepter of mercy and say that I can have a future that's what the altar's all about that's what repentance is all about that's what the glory is all about the scepter was extended and there she gets to come freely to the throne room. Have you ever read that in your Bible? Freely come into the throne room because the mercy happened at the cross and the blood has been shed and the sword he took. Wow. So the king says, what would you like? What is your petition? Watch. this, And I'm I'm doing a little paraphrasing because I, I, I've got to give you time to pray. All of a sudden, she says, I, I'd like to have a banquet. Again, we call it a prayer. Bring your gifts in prayer. God, I give you my stuff. And so she says to the king, 
I want Mordecai, and I want you, and I want uh, uh, Haman, thank you, to come to this banquet. Because I'm going to expose the devil at my next prayer meeting. I'm going to expose carnality at my next prayer meeting. That's why you want Haman there. You want him to understand he is getting off the charts. He is getting told to the Redeemer what has been going on in life. And all of a sudden, they come into that courtroom. And, 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 and he begins to share with her. And she begins to share with him. And, and, she's, and he says to her, what, is there anything else you'd like? She said, yes, I'd like another banquet. Somebody say, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. The, the particular elements are in place. We meet head on with all the opposition in both repentance and being baptized in the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The Bible makes it very clear. And so in the second one, the, the repentance is a, is a turning around and being baptized in the name of Jesus by faith is a covering of your history. And so uh, this lady, Esther, she has been given the scepter, the right to come into the courtroom of the king. And now the king is offering her the privilege of a future. And so she begins to identify some of the needs in her life. And then all of a sudden, the second banquet. And all of a sudden, at the second banquet... He says, now you have received the repentance part and the forgiveness part and the glory, but now you're going to receive power. And all of a sudden, when he finishes that second banquet, he says, I give you the ability to have a, a absolutely a power of authority. And he said, I want you to just write it down. Whatever you want, I want to give it to you. Well, once your desire has changed, you don't want to kill anything. You want to just have a future with the king. And so all of a sudden, and you're going to need to read this to get all the little details because I'm trying to cut it as short as I can and still give you the real understanding of what it means in Acts 2.38 when he says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. They are connected with that whole story about Esther. And all of a sudden, write you also for the Jews as it liketh you. And when you get the the Holy Ghost, you get all power in heaven and in earth to destroy the works of Haman or the works of the flesh. And all of a sudden, you begin to have freedom in the kingdom to walk in righteousness and peace and joy and knowing without a question whether I live or whether I die, I am in the Lord Jesus Christ. I am in the kingdom of God and no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. That ought to be shouting room for any apostolic. There ought to be a praise busting loose in your heart that if you've been born again of the water and the spirit, it ought not to be a sedation and wish I could get out of here. It ought to be, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My God, I can dance and shout because you are the great king. So, 
so what she tells them, I want all these people to have an opportunity. And so they're trying to kill these people. She said, go. Let's start them with you and Brother uh, Les. Come here a minute. Just hold that up on that side. Just go up there on that side. Thank you. we got some of his good friends with him today. God bless you, ladies. Great to have you here. And uh, just hold it up. He said, I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to go to every province. I want you to go to every province. And I want you to let everybody know it's time to evangelize the world with a new voice, uh, with a new potent, uh, with a new clarity. And understand, I give you power and privilege uh, to stand for yourself from here on out. I give you the power and the right from the throne uh, of this kingdom uh, that you have the right to face off uh, with anything that faces off with you. That's where you get all power in heaven and in earth uh, shall be given unto you. He's revealing to you uh, what his writings reveal. I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions uh, and over all of the power of the enemy. You're not joining a church when you come to this Pentecostal church. You're joining a kingdom. Not about how eloquent the speaker is. It's how much truth he can get out to you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. His name is one. His kingdom is one. It is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, a school teacher stands up and says, Hey, I'm so glad y'all let me in on this. Instead of, I'm glad you don't force everybody to get in on it. You happy to be here, sister? Would you mind lifting one of your hands? I watched her in her whole schoolhouse. I paraded through their schoolhouse, coach. I paraded through the schoolhouse. They go through the classroom praying, God, save our kids. Bring the blood of the lamb to our kids. Give our kids a future. They go through the schoolhouse every year. Being a host for angels. That's huge. She didn't grow up in this. She found it. And I have watched her grow in this. Man, those devils are scared to death she's going to get in more schools. I promise you they are. Darkness can't handle light. Light is always a weapon against the dark. That's why you got to be able to tell people what's going on in your life. When you come from this altar, there ought to be a level of freedom. When you get baptized in the name of Jesus, there ought to be a level of authority. When you get the word of God in your heart, it ought to set you into a new dimension. I am in him. He's in me. Okay, thank you guys. I got it all written down, but I couldn't wait. I wish you'd tell your neighbor, you've got a right to pray. But here's what the book says about it. Don't do it in vain repetition. 
I used to think that meant that you can't say, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. And while I was saying, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, I was thinking about what I was really wanting to get done as soon as I get out of here. Vain repetitions just mean empty phraseology. Doing an early morning prayer and, and thinking about, well, I, I learned how to say, God, I need you today. I'm thinking about what all I got to do today. No. He said, when you pray, enter into your closet. He's not talking about a physical closet. I've, I've had a lot of saints that I've, I've worked with. They, 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 they thought they had to have a physical closet. That's not what he meant. Comes aside from the kitchen work. Come aside from the washing. Come aside from all the stuff you got to do. Go to a closet. In other words, get in a secret place with Jesus Christ. And there in that secret place, he's going to reveal to you those thoughts that you need for this day. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. Oh, God, help me to forget yesterday's weakness and help me to enter into today's strength and glory and victory. I'm telling you, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be exceeding glad because I learned the secret that you don't try to eat stale bread from yesterday. You renew yourself every morning. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I am His. He is mine. He is with me. He is going before me. He's coming behind me. He's on both sides. He's got angels stuck all around me. I'm telling you, this is not a religion. It's an experience. It is a relationship. It's not about joining a church y'all, y'all, y'all going to have to stand it's the only way you're going to get rid of me we should pray for your neighbor wherever it's right could you take the hand of somebody behind you, front of you and if the Bible, here's what, the, here's what we're doing the Bible says if one can put a thousand to flight two can put ten thousand to flight now, you may be standing by somebody that, that, or may not be standing by somebody, but just turn around and make yourself available or let them turn around and make themselves available. But I want everybody to have somebody to care about you and care with you. Every one of us are going through some hell right now. Every one of us. We need a breakthrough every day we live. And I just want you to pray simple stuff. God, I want you. I want to be your kid. I want to be your husband. I want to be your wife. I want to be everything you want me to be. If you've never had the Holy Ghost, if you've never been born again of the water and the Spirit, I encourage you by faith to let one of the ushers or somebody close to you that you sense and ask them, Would you mind going to the front and praying with me? Or would you mind praying with me where I am? You don't have to come to the front. Sometimes that makes it a lot easier. But all over this building, I want us to renew our commitment to the king who held out the scepter and say, I grant you the authority and the power of my kingdom to fight 
all the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. That's it, dads, husbands. For sure, pray over your wife and your children. Wives, for sure, pray over your children. You men are the covering for your wife. You women are the covering for your homes. When Zion travails, sons and daughters are born. We're about to move into a new dimension in our city. Thank you, Jesus.
If you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, I encourage you to consider the Bible plan. It's a very simple, straightforward statement. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. There is salvation in none other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You don't have to look backward and worry. You know that you have entered into the covenant with the bloodline of the second Adam. Jesus Christ is the second Adam. The bloodline was contaminated by the first Adam in their sin. The second Adam, Jesus Christ, full of righteousness, peace, and joy. So being baptized in his name is a major issue. And so I encourage you as we baptize these young people in the name of the Lord. And if you have family members that would like to get closer to the front, please feel free. And uh, we're going to baptize these wonderful young people.
Hayden, I want to read this to you. Even though I've quoted it, I want to read it to you today. Because it's such a special moment. It's the introduction of the church age. It's the point at which God moved over from the law and to the spiritual arena. And that is Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Promises unto you and to your children and to those that are afar off. So that means it takes care of now and forever. When you get baptized in the name, you're sealed with the new bloodline and the authority of a name that's above all authorities in the whole world. So that's a beautiful thing. Now, Hayden, Blaise King, upon the confession of your faith and obedience to the word of the Lord, we now baptize you in the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. Scripture, suffer little children to come unto me. What an awesome, awesome day. of your faith and in obedience to the word of the Lord I now baptize you in the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved I baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins
Papa.